Back it up, back it up. Let's dump this truck. Back it up, back it up. Let's dump this truck. 7 a.m. Hello and welcome to Bad Romance. I'm Jordane Searles. And I'm Bronwyn Isaac. And this week we <laughs> are doing... To close out uh, all of our Halloween picks, so I hope that you've enjoyed them. We are ending on a high note. I'm so sorry. Um, <laughs> no, no, no. It's good. They want it. Uh, high Spirits from 1988, written and directed by Neil Jordan. <laughs> yeah, so uh, director tweets towards him. <laughs> i okay this is um this is uh streaming um like you don't have to rent it it's streaming on amazon prime the very evil amazon that we are all slaves to it's but i i wouldn't i mean i don't know what you'll get out of it except if you didn't already hate steve gutenberg you will When it's over? (laughs) I mean, like, there's several ways you could turn it into a drinking game. Um, You could uh, drink whenever people... There's a chase scene, (laughs) and you would get very drunk. Mm -hmm. Um, You could could drink anytime someone is disguising themselves, uh, and you would get very drunk. You could drink... um, Anytime the word ghost is uttered and you would get really drunk. Um, you could drink. I've obviously thought about this a lot. Okay. Uh, anytime yes. Beverly D'Angelo uh, says that she needs to take a Valium. She needs to take a Valium and also references not wanting to fuck her husband. Um, <laughs> so, I mean, th- it, I don't I don't consider it a movie or a good one, but it is a tool that you could use <laughs> for something. Okay, so on the IMDb page, it says that it's just Neil Jordan that's responsible for this. But then on Wikipedia, there's someone here also who has a writing credit named Michael McDowell. Now, I don't know who this Michael McDowell is, and he's not on the IMD- IMDb page, so I don't know if he's just like a guy that Neil Jordan created so that he didn't have to share all of the blame for this. Like, like <laughs> it's not yeah. just me, guys. Um, Neil Jordan is a director that I usually like. He's directed some of my favorite movies. Mona Lisa is one of my favorite movies. The Company of Wolves is good. The Crying Game is good. Interview with the Vampire, I have seen an embarrassing amount of times. As have I. The only bad Neil Jordan movie that I've seen is In Dreams. And I know that he supposedly made other bad movies. And if so, I just haven't seen them. Um, this, So this was my first, like, wow. Like, like okay, what is this? Even, even really, you know, talented, smart, hardworking people, sometimes you shit the bed. Yeah, and or I, a ghost I, of you shits the bed. I feel like the biggest issue is Steve Gutenberg because I just wanted to, I, I wanted terrible things to happen to Steve Gutenberg throughout this entire film. I feel like he was trying, Neil Jordan was trying to make a commercial film, and it's like, okay, who do the Americans like in 1988? And he chose Steve. the Goots. Yeah, he did. And at this time, what had Steve Gutenberg been in? Um, 
bunch of random shit. Okay, let's see. Uh, the boys from Brazil can't stop the music. Which is that that thing about the village people? Oh my god, it is. Um, <laughs> Diner, which was like a big people really like Diner. I've never seen it. Um, the man who wasn't there, which I didn't know he was in that. Um, Police Academy, Police Academy Two, Cocoon, Bad Medicine. Police Academy 3, Short Circuit, Police Academy 4, <laughs> Amazon Women on the Moon, Three Men and a Baby, and then High Spirits. <laughs> That's like, that is a trip. He'd been in four Police Academy, four? The Police Academy movies, were they made on an assembly line? I don't understand. I mean, they feel like they were. They definitely do. And then like, so many sequels like he must have a lot of money because like right after this he did cocoon the return and then he did three men and a little lady which is the sequel to three men and a baby <laughs> i just this man has he ever stopped working no i think he's just always he's on something um and it doesn't i mean this uh, yeah, he. I did not like him in this. I mean, to be fair, there was nobody where I was like, "Wow, yay!" Like even even Daryl Hannah, who I was like, "She's working with it." Really, you didn't like Jennifer Tilly, whose entire character was like trying to stop Peter Gallagher from becoming a full priest. <laughs> Actually, she was pretty awesome. Her her character. Honestly, I didn't feel like there was enough of them because the moment that she she sees was so him, funny. Like in the first <laughs> scene that they introed her, I was like, "Wow, okay." She's like, "Yeah, I swore off men." I was like, "Yeah, you did." Oh my god! I was like, uh, I was watching with AJ, and I was like, "That's always what a woman says before she gets laid." <laughs> um, um. So the the film starts with Peter O'Toole. He's on the phone, and it's such a promising start too because I'm just like, okay, Peter. Tool, he's kind of drunk. His mom is overhearing him on the line, which is weird because I kept on thinking that the woman playing his mom could have easily played his wife, and I was just very confused. Yeah, as I was to definitely why confused by that. She too. was supposed was to like, be like significantly older than him. I was like, are y'all like within 10 years? Like, yeah. what's going on here? <laughs> yeah. Um, and you find out that he's losing a bunch of money in the big castle. The big Irish castle that he has, he's about to, like, lose it to, I guess, I don't know, real estate, big business. And if he doesn't make a certain amount of money in three weeks, the castle will be foreclosed. And so that's the ticking clock. So he decides <laughs> that he's going to have the staff pretend to be ghosts so that he can it it can turn the castle into a haunted attraction yes and and they and they're not it's they're definitely not playing on subtlety it's not it's not like oh we're gonna decorate this and then have little things change so that people feel like it's haunted this is like having his employees like they have one bed where um from the roof an employee can make it spin around. Like they're really going the full I love it. Yeah. It's it's full shenanigans. Um and so, you know, that's that's our opening that's our opening for the movie. Yeah, it's, and like, it's like okay, like we're gonna fool the Americans because you know Americans should be easy to fool, which fair. 
I mean, um, yeah, yeah. That read is uh, on point. Um, and then there's, so they try to scare this like tour bus with one of the women working there as a ghost. And then she falls off her wire and yeah. falls like on top of the touring vehicle. And then hijinks ensue where the vehicles going here, there, everywhere. And everybody's screaming. And then eventually it gets sunk underwater. Yes. And um we the the okay, this whole beginning part, it's like I don't know if this was your experience, but for me, it was like moving really fast but really slow at the same time. Yeah. Where it's just like a lot of chaos. It's a lot of like shots. Oh, here's the employees preparing to make it this haunted place. And here's this this bus dealing with this crazy accident and these people that are, you know, these tourists who are on vacation and, and like, and like the camera just moving, like, here's a chase, here's a chase, here's a chase. And I'm like, okay, uh, can I meet them? <laughs> like, and finally we have this, um, welcoming dinner, uh, scene where, where I, where as a viewer, you actually get oriented again to what is actually happening in the movie. And that's where um, we find out uh, that, well, first of all, I mean, uh, Beverly D'Angelo and Steve Gutenberg are married and they are not um, doing well together. Um, she is unhappy with him and they never really make it clear why. Like, it's clear that she's more successful professionally than him, Um and she doesn't want to have sex with him. We definitely get that. Yes, we get a lot of that. The movie positions her as a bad guy. Um, like, oh, she's mean to him. But, and and she is. She does say things that she are very mean. hurtful. Okay, but like, here's the thing. It's one of those marriages where it could only really exist in a screenplay. Because what you gather is that she... Never liked him, never loved him. He says more than once in the movie that she has never said, I love you, which makes me wonder, why would you marry her? So it just makes me think that he married her like aspirationally and she like was like, okay, I'll marry you. But she was like cold, but it doesn't really seem like there's a foundation built for her to be anything other than cold to him because it's like they don't know each other yeah and it's it's weird it's weird because i don't know like on one hand i feel like the movie's really obviously trying to make me side with him because he's like i don't know it's like he's trying to connect with her but he's not it's not like he's trying to start conversations or meaningful connections but like he'll put his hand on her arm and she'll be like don't touch me and so I feel like the movie wants me to think, oh, she's super mean and he just wants to, like, love her. But, like, he's not really doing anything either. So it's just, yeah, it, it's a weird disconnect um, that sets it up very much as, like, this sweet guy with this wife who doesn't like him. Um, and then <laughs> and then the other guests there are, uh, we have uh, Peter Gallagher playing a uh, priest well, he's, he's like a priest in training. Priest in training. And then we have Jennifer Tilly, and she's fabulous. And she's like, at the opening dinner, she's like telling him how she's sworn off men and like this roundabout story about how she's there. And we also have 
Martin Ferrero is playing a parapsychologist. So he's like, I'm going to get to the bottom of whether there's real ghosts here. Um, But he's like, I don't know. He was in the movie a lot, but also I didn't feel like his character was necessary. Yeah, I never really got a good handle on who he was or what he was doing. Uh, I didn't really, I didn't really care. I didn't care. I mean, yeah, I, mean, and, and I, I didn't understand why he got more screen time than Jennifer Tilly, who was talking about like gay hairdresser devil worshippers. Um, yeah, excuse me, when, there's a more interesting character. When, when they here. first introduced me to her and, and she was talking about that, I was like, oh, good. Okay. Th- she'll be interesting at least. And then, and then she got so little screen time. Um, so, anyways, uh, the, the the opening dinner is just, like, all of them. Um, and um, they're and all, they're, yeah, they're, like, basically explaining why they're there. They're basically, like, this is our deal. And you're kind of getting the feel for, okay, these are the people staying in the fake haunted castle. And then they get, like, an introductory <clears throat> play or something where everyone's singing and... Like, Steve Gutenberg's really happy. He's like, hey, everyone's singing. And everybody's just like, shut the fuck up. And, like, I agree with them. <laughs> shut the fuck up. Yeah, like, it's definitely, if they're, it's an assembly movie, but, like, um, it it feels like if there's a star, it's Steve Gutenberg. Which is unfortunate. Bad choice. Yeah. Bad choice for a star. And so, I mean... Oh, are you starting to feel that exhaustion that is talking about a movie like this? That's just exhausting. It's just, yeah, you guys, like, I while I was watching it, I was like, I don't know what I'm going to say about this. Um, right, because it's, it's just like just, a bunch of... It's just a bunch of chase scenes and, um, like, yeah, it's a bunch of chase scenes and like there's no attempt to de- yeah. deepen any character at all and and like even in a comedic way there's like no attempt and every time I thought it would get there like like with Jennifer Tilly where I was like okay she might be a funny character then they're like nope she won't get screen time like every time I was like okay there's gonna be something good to hold on to it was like taken from me <laughs> yeah that's how I felt because it's <clears throat> like uh, uh the Basically, the first part of the movie is just uh, Peter O'Toole and the staff trying to scare everyone. So there's just like a lot of hijinks. Um, People keep on trying to play ghosts and scare people, but then people aren't paying attention. There's a scene where um, a woman is like on a wire. There's like a whole like almost like film crew on on the roof. And I'm just like, why are you throwing your budget into this when you're out of money? It doesn't seem smart. Um, and she's and he she's just like um like flying towards the window and like trying to get his attention and he's not paying attention, but then he hears Jennifer Tilly's voice and you know, his dick stands up straight and he's just like, Okay, gotta figure out what's going on with Jennifer right? Tilly. And then oh you figure gosh. out that like you figure out her her bed is moving because they're cranking it around on a chain and all this stuff and it's just like a bunch of woo yeah. it's haunted woo oh my gosh and then he like gets on he like goes and finds her he like gets on the bed and then she's holding him and she's like exercise the demon aren't you almost a priest and he's like oh he's like God. saying scriptures and it's not working it's just like and then the scene just fucking continues yeah, for like just, three it, minutes it of them spinning and I'm like going. we got it we got it like the audience it's has very, absorbed this right um, yeah um you know it's weird. Um, 
Mona Lisa, which is not a comedy, it's more of a thriller, is a funnier movie than this. And I'm wondering if uh, Neil Jordan was like, this is how we do comedy. We just make these scenes go on forever. And if they go on for a long time, that means that the joke works. And to be fair, a lot of comedy writers think that's how jokes works. Thinks that's how jokes oh, work yeah, too. Like, okay, push and the bit, push the bit, like heighten it, heighten it. Yeah. And it's just, I don't know. It's, it doesn't, it doesn't work if we're not invested in these characters. Like, for example, have you seen What's Up, Doc? I recently watched it and I'm obsessed I have not with it. seen it. I just up, saw Doc. it for the first time and I fucking love it. Go yeah. see What's Up, Doc. And I don't mean go see like it's in the theater, but like go find it. Um, <laughs> find it on the internet and watch find it. it. Um, yeah. But the great thing is, is that What's Up, Doc never lets up on the jokes and the jokes will go on for a long time. But the jokes also get more and more intricate as they go on and they like set up. Yeah. Like there's one scene where there's just like, Whereas there is a car chase and then you see two men holding this giant glass panel. And so I spent the whole scene being like, okay, eventually someone's going to hit that glass. Who's going to hit the glass? And the tension in the scene builds and builds and I'm still watching and I'm still engaged because that glass is not broken yet. Okay. Yeah. Because there are stakes. I want to know who breaks the glass. I want to see how. Right. You're setting up things that aren't predictable yeah uh in the problem with this movie is that almost everything that happens is predictable because the movie is so like it's like the movie is so worried that you're not going to be able to understand that they're like that it's like the employee will be like putting on armor to be a ghost and they're like oh i better be like they don't actually say this but like i'm gonna be a ghost now and then there's somebody like i wonder where the ghosts are and then it's like oh no there's a ghost and i'm just like okay we got it and then they just keep that scene going um but then there's the ultimate plot twist which is when the real ghosts come on the scene okay yeah the real ghosts eventually pop up but not before we have steve gutenberg say one of the worst lines in the movie which is <clears throat> oh no maybe if we yes, made love I knew it was gonna more be this often one. you wouldn't need those stupid pills yeah what yeah what yeah <laughs> yeah he said that to his wife uh what <laughs> like w- yeah d- uh no, wh- i mean what is your dick supposed to do to help her migraines i'm like, telling like i have sex pretty regularly sex you know, actually, sex does help with, like, headaches, but it doesn't stop my chronic migraines, you know? Yeah, if it's on migraine level, that's, like, an orgasm is not going to change that. Like, it might make me feel calmer, but it's not. If she's popping Valium like that, which she is, and to the point where sometimes she'll just take a pill thinking that it's Valium and it isn't. Like, she just needs something. Yeah. and Your penis is not going to fix that. And it's weird how this movie feels, the way that it's, position feels like it's like punishing her like oh how dare she not want to have sex with steve gutenberg well this is what she gets yeah it's it's like i mean it's already kind of a punishment to be married to steve now this is steve gutenberg the actor i'm sure steve gutenberg the guy is a very lovely guy loved him on veronica mars that's when he was much older and less like cloying in this way that he was in 1988 veronica mars is in the 2000s i'm just saying yeah when he got older he got more bearable that's my opinion (laughs) 
Yeah, I mean, I've never had strong feelings about him, so it's funny to hear yours because you like came in and you're like, we all hate him, right? <laughs> you're like, fuck Steve Gutenberg, and I'm like, oh, I, uh. <laughs> okay. Here's the, I, I, I want to I want to hear why you feel this way about just, him. Like besides I, this movie, which is like an aberration to all. I I don't know. I feel like it's what he represents. Like I never. I don't think I used to hate him. I think I used to like him a lot, especially like it. Him and it takes two. Yeah, because he was at least like charming in that. I don't know. He just represents this kind of guy who just like does nothing and is just like always surrounded by hot women, and I just find that so enraging. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, I can see that. Like, there's so many in Hollywood that are like that, where, and where it's just, like, I don't they're know. not necessarily that good at acting, but they're always paired with, like, really gorgeous, but also just brilliant actresses who have to work so hard to get, like, you know, a side role. And you're like, why? <laughs> and it's just, he's just got these, get these big puppy dog eyes and this, and this hair, and he just looks like just like a poppy and it's just like just like if you're like holding a ball in front of him like where are you gonna go boy where oh are you gonna gosh. go like oh my god it's <laughs> <Sorry. just> like, <laughs> if you're holding a ball in front of his face wow <laughs> i love it i <laughs> yeah I don't, know, I don't know where this animosity comes from i'm so sorry <laughs> no i wanted to hear about it <laughs> we all did um but anyway, very good in Veronica Mars, very good in Party Down. It's fine. You don't have to you don't have to stand up. He'll be okay. He'll <laughs> be gonna, fine. He's gonna like tweet he's, me and be like, what did I do to you? He's gonna be okay. All I tried to do is be good to you in your childhood, Steve Gutenberg would say, even though I haven't seen any of the police academy. Four police academy movies before this movie. They yeah, were all out in the same four. decade. Like the same I, decade. Well, you know. Oh, that really hurts my heart. Um, well, while it's in your fresh in your memory, you got to get another one out there. Get uh, that money. Um, okay, so yeah, the fake ghosts get revealed. And we also find out that the man who's trying to seize the castle is Beverly D'Angelo's dad, which also adds to this really annoying trope that I feel like was was created by men, which is like, it does not matter how old a rich woman is, she's still calling her dad daddy, and it's fucking weird. It's gross. It's weird. It's gross. Do you want to fuck your dad? It's Why are you gross. talking to him like that? You're yeah. an adult. It's, it's gross. Like, uh, like, I don't get it. And it's also this this um, feeling of like, oh, the businesswoman. Of course, it, it's inherited. You know, like not like I, I also felt like, oh man, she can't just be a businesswoman. It has to be like her dad's involved. Yeah, daddy's this money. Paternalistic. Da yeah, daddy always wanted this castle, and you know, daddy, you know, he wants what he wants, and I'm just like, why do you care about his wants? Yeah, like there's a lot of there there's a lot of psychology to be unpacked there. And yeah, the daddy, the adult woman saying daddy to her actual father creeps me out. It's it's so gross severely. Um like unless you're like unless you're Caribbean cuz like when 
in in like Jamaican culture, it makes sense. It's like a cultural thing. But when I see it in these movies with like these like white girls, where it's just like white girls in the U.S. And yeah, they're just like twirling their hair. It's like just give them a lollipop. It's it's weird. <laughs> like it's so the lollipop would at least be more straightforward. It's so strange. Um. Yeah, it, there's uh, Steve Gutenberg does get get me to laugh once at him. This where uh, I don't know where I'm blanking. I'm trying to think of in, something in nice to say about Steve Gutenberg, and my brain's just like, no, nope, that's, nope, uh, that's nope. okay. You don't have to um, force it. Jenny. No, <laughs> <laughs> no. Uh, she asks him. She he's really depressed in a scene, and she asks him, "Where are you going?" And he's like, "Get drunk." <laughs> I really liked that one line reading. Those two wow. words. Yep. Wow. <laughs> That's not even like a good line. <laughs> wow. Judgment. Um, no, I'm not judging you. I'm just like, that says a lot about how you feel about him. <laughs> Where are you going to get drunk? <laughs> um, okay. And so there's... I mean... So, so then finally we get introduced to this... Weird cyclical thing where... Oh, my gosh. You guys. Where... Uh, okay, so Daryl Hannah is Peter O'Toole's ancestor. And on her wedding day, however many hundred or whatever years ago, she was she was betrothed to a man that she didn't know that well. And he was really jealous. And he thinks that she's a cheater. So he kills her. And in their ghost life, they just repeat the cycle of him killing her over and over again every night, I guess, for eternity. Yeah. <laughs> like the only thing that can break the spell is if they both fall in love with someone else. And then she... Which, you know, they're ghosts, so that's kind of hard. It's like you can't get on Tinder. Unless there's ghost <laughs> Tinder, I don't know. <laughs> and, you know, he does the whole thing where he calls her a harlot, he stabs her, and then he cries about it because he's such a sad man. It really it really dims the fact that Liam Neeson is really hot in this movie. Yeah, it's... I, c I couldn't find him hot. Yeah, it was very... Because I was just like, objectively, yes, but what he's doing... Even when he starts dating <laughs> oh my gosh. Beverly D'Angelo, it's weird because he he comes at it from such a sexist place. And I understand that he's from a different time, but he comes at it from such a sexist place. And she's like, yes, this is what I wanted, which makes you think that. She doesn't like Steve. Like it's it reinforces this idea that she doesn't like Steve Gutenberg because, because he's, he's nice. Too nice, yeah. Which is not the case. Like he's not nice. He's just annoying in a different way. Yes, exactly. <laughs> Amen. Like, like okay. Like the whole plot for me, I was like, this is super weird. That it's like the the way they stage it is like that. It's like comical. Like. Um, Liam Neeson killing Daryl Hannah every night. I mean, this nothing is done well enough in this movie to like make me feel anything strongly. <laughs> like, like I wasn't like sad or triggered, but I was like, this is pretty intense that they're having just like domestic violence is like this plot line. Like, just like, oh yeah, <laughs> he's murdering her again, that whore. It's weird. I was like, uh, like, and like, 
okay, uh, we're just going to do that? Like, that's just going to be what you decided to do with the script? Okay. It's weird, too, because it's kind of set up like his blonde wife is mean, so he gets another blonde wife. Oh, uh, Steve Gutenberg? Yes! Yeah. <laughs> Did you notice that? Yeah. Um, yeah, it's... He gets a sweet woman who's probably traumatized from another century. Every oh, man's by the dream. Way, uh, segue. <laughs> Did you know that Daryl Hannah is married to Neil Young? Yeah, I I didn't actually know that until last night when I was like looking at her what? Wikipedia. I I know that's what? like a whole that's like a whole thing that I need to dive into. And they got married this year. Like this is recent. He's so, like, so old now. I know. I mean, that's cool though. I'm. I hope that they're happy together. So weird. It's it it is. <laughs> anyway, I mean, I, you know, I had to, like I, I, I'm I, bummed I, that I didn't hear like that. I didn't see articles going around about right, it. You right, right. Like they must have been pretty pretty private. Right. Yeah. I mean, which I mean, I I understand. Like if I was at the height of fame of them, I would probably. I'm like the opposite, you know, <laughs> like I'm, I'm like, hey, everyone pay attention to me. But I'm sure if I'm, I was at that point, I'm I'd be also like, just like, leave me alone. <laughs> definitely more interested in celebrity. Well, I'm generally interested in celebrity relationships. That's one of the very normy things that I'm into. But I but I think about it very, very critically. And one day I will release a book about Hollywood yes. <laughs> relationships. Also, but I will I will totally read that book. <laughs> by the way, Beverly D'Angelo dated Al Pacino for six years. What? I want that book. I, I want, want that the, book too. I want the book. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> I would rather talk about celebrity I, dating gossip than this fucking movie. Honestly, uh, this like, is, at this, this point in the movie, my note was it at least it's better than the haunted mansion. <laughs> <laughs> I um I wrote wow okay yep this is happening <laughs> that that was like my continuous note was like oh okay and like so it's okay one thing that's interesting with these ghosts is like the ghost uh how visible they are is like very confusing because they're like Steve Gutenberg can see them yeah. Uh, Beverly D'Angelo can see them. Yep. But it's not really made clear whether everyone else can see them. Like, the, it's it's very, it's one of those things, like, they can walk through walls, but now they look normal. But, like, they're, I, I don't know. The the ghost magic science wasn't really consistent, in my opinion. Um, but the first scene when we meet them, when uh, Liam Neeson is uh, murdering Daryl Hannah, you know, chill stuff. Um, uh, yes, yes, yes. Very just, chill uh, murder. Some, some fun little violence against women. Uh, Steve Gutenberg is like, what's going on? And then he, because because the ghosts, the, the staff of the castle has been revealed as pretending to be ghosts, he doesn't believe that they're real ghosts at first. And he's like, ha ha, very good act. And then he's like, whoa, this act is really intense. And it's all like, boom, like, like he's like, oh my gosh, you look like you're going to murder her. Also, <laughs> also, why would it be entertaining to watch that? I'm just trying to understand the rationale. I, I know. I, I really was like, I don't it's understand. Just like, is, like, this, is this white entertainment? I don't I mean, whew. I like not, not for me. <laughs> maybe, maybe some others. <laughs> I, I I really don't know because it just it then becomes 
in a way a traditional rom com because it's it's, uh, it's so there's so much debris there. You know what I mean? Like in the way of the romance, like just like chase scenes and like, um. But but yeah. But then it's like. It's like chasing hijinks, bullshit. Um, like, like Steve Gutenberg tri- like stands up for Daryl Hannah, and then and then Liam Neeson like leaves the scene, and then she's like, "Thank you so much. You saved me you from the cycle of me. abuse." And like I like, what can I do to thank you? And she's like, obviously like already into him. And then Liam Neeson decides that he's gonna start seducing Beverly D'Angelo, but he does it so creepily. He shows up in the shower. And just scares the shit out of her. And then later he just shows up in her bed. Yeah, it's very rapey. <laughs> like this like this movie is like, again, like it's not even good enough for me to be mad. But I was just like, uh, this is super weird. It's like punishing Beverly D'Angelo because she doesn't like Steve Gutenberg enough. And now she gets this abuser. Like, like we're supposed to all be happy that she's going to be with this guy who murdered his wife. Um, who literally tries to seduce her by like assaulting her like in a right, shower? Yeah, and, and then on the other hand, also- Steve Gutenberg gets fucking Daryl Hannah, who's all sweet, and she's all like, "Oh, I love you," and I'm You're- like, "Okay, you guys don't know each other, but like, what?" Well, she clearly has never been with anyone else, so anyone who's nicer than Liam Neeson is going to be good, and it's wild too, because like to jump ahead. Liam Neeson basically tricks Beverly D'Angelo into killing herself so that he can have her for eternity. And she's like, yeah, <laughs> I'm into that. He tricks her into jumping out a window. It's complete. Like, it, like what? <laughs> and there's no, like, at least with Steve Wootenberg and Daryl Hannah, there's a few scenes where they have like conversation. Yeah. They actually get to know each other. But like, even that is like her explaining the ghost words for having sex. She's like scalping, which is like ghost making out and like, like tubbing or something like that is like their word for sex. And, and like, that's like them getting to know each other is her being like, Oh, it's called scalping. And like, Oh, I'm, I'm like explaining like that. She's an ancestor of Peter O'Toole. Yeah. I'm like, oh, good. Now you're ready to spend forever together. Oh, and during all this bullshit, we find out that Jennifer Tilly fucks Peter Gallagher off screen. So rude. I was so angry. So rude. Yeah, literally, (laughs) after the time they twirl around on the bed, there's like a couple shots, like intermittent, thrown into the rest of the movie where like we see them and we don't see them like making out we don't see them like we we see him alone we see her um and then we see them talking like once at like another meal and that's it like we're like like their whole shit happens off screen and then and then is revealed at the end of the movie this movie is so bad (laughs) Like, it's I'm so, actually, I am mad. I am I, mad. I, I mean, it's got some, it's got some interesting choice lines, um, bad and good. A bad choice line is when Steve Gutenberg says that Beverly D'Angelo has all the warmth of a penguin on an iceberg. Yes. Uh, she also gets called a dwarf with buck teeth. She's beautiful yeah she is what are we <laughs> what are we doing what are we doing what are we doing here um, a- and then uh <laughs> a good choice line is when 
I don't remember who says this. Maybe it's Beverly D'Angelo. Looks at Peter Gallagher's dick and is just like, so all the snakes weren't driven out of Ireland. Yes. <laughs> yes. That was a good. That was a good one. And I don't know. So much happens. There's something, something losing all their clothes in a gust of wind. Something, something wearing a lampshade. Something, something a talking horse. And like, Do you remember the talking horse? No, because so much was happening, but also nothing was happening. And that's what I was like. Could you just cut all of this out and actually have a love story between these ghosts and people that I could try to get on board with? But no, instead, we're going to have like shots of Liam Neeson, like fucking stalking uh, Beverly D'Angelo. And then we're going to have shots of Daryl Hannah being like, do you love me yet? And and Steve Gutenberg being like, I think you do. I do because you're really pretty. And then like shots of like a bunch of confused people because like there was a bad windstorm and they were like naked. And oh yeah, then, there's like, like some kind of what? evil evil spirit thing happening where people do get struck by lightning and demon nuns pop up at one point and uh, oh yeah the demon nuns like um basically haunt uh uh yeah then a uh ghost legion of muppets uh it's just it's a lot it's a lot there's um, a ship with water and uh there's a uh, <laughs> it's just like there's literally one scene where there's a bunch of people and I barely I don't really recognize them. I'm like, do we know them? Um, I think I think uh, good old Martin Ferrero, the parapsychologist, is in this scene um, where there's like a fake octopus. Yes. What? And then yeah. But then the water, like, and it's like a puppet show or something. And then the water, it actually the like water the water is real. real. And then everyone's like, "Oh my gosh!" And I was like, "What is why? What? Huh?" I, I like. There's nothing there. It's just it happened. And then and then when um. <laughs> Then when Liam Neeson apologizes for his abuse, he just very casually says, sorry for the last 200 years. <laughs> like, <laughs> And we're all like, oh, yeah, haha, chill. And she's like, it's OK. I have Steve Gutenberg. And also, then Steve Gutenberg's wife, it's like, oh, good. She killed herself so she could be with a domestic abuser. What a fun story. I, I, I just, I. And uh, also, I, Liam Neeson gets a scene where after Beverly D'Angelo dies, he, he says, If you weren't dead, I wouldn't be able to have my way with you. Oh, yeah. Yep. Gross. Super yep. gross. Yeah, Liam Neeson's character is pretty awful all around. Yep. <laughs> I mean, and then there are fun jokes. Like, there's a scene where uh, Daryl Hannah's about to deteriorate. And Steve Gutenberg says, I'll get you some moisturizer. <laughs> yeah, that was that was fun. What? <laughs> I mean, it, it is a very silly movie. And there's points where you're like, ha, huh, this is so silly. OK. And then other points where you're like, why? What is happening? And like, then, give and then me the, something. The adorable, the adorable finger quotes ending dance scene where they say beautiful lines like, Steve Gutenberg asking Daryl Hannah to stop calling him sir. And yeah. her basically saying that she has trouble with that. Oh, man. Mm. Lot to unpack there. Mm. 
And then Beverly D'Angelo saying, my love, my reason for dying, which was really depressing. And then me slowly realizing that I wasn't sure who was dead and who was alive in their relationships. Like, like on a psychological level? Well, I mean, like, okay, does Daryl Hannah become alive? Yes, yes. Okay. Because Steve Gutenberg doesn't die. Exactly. So Daryl Hannah, so basically he literally trades Beverly D'Angelo for Daryl Hannah. And Beverly D'Angelo is now dead with the murderer. Like this movie is so, I, I'm, I'm never going to watch it again. I will never watch it again. <laughs> like, this is I not... watched A Wrinkle in Time after this to wash it down. Oh, thank God. Oh, yeah. This is a podcast that likes A Wrinkle in Time, so you can deal with it. Yeah. <laughs> I hadn't seen it because I didn't get to see it in theaters, so uh, I you loved like, it. Yay! I loved it. Yay! Yeah. I loved it, too. Uh, yeah, I'm never going to watch this again. I would rather watch any other Neil Jordan movie, even In Dreams, which I don't like, which has a serial killer played by Robert I would Downey watch Jr. any other Steve Gutenberg movie. <laughs> I wanted to see your face. Uh, you're like Bronwyn. <laughs> Don't self-harm like that. Three Men and a Baby made me like violently angry, and I cannot explain to you why. I don't know what it is about Three Men and a Baby oh, that yeah. makes me so mad. I, kid. <laughs> I don't know. Like I might need to watch it again, but I just remember when it ended, I was just I've aged five years. Like you were like, I am so tired. Why? <laughs> Why was that movie going? What just happened? And it's and the other like I like Tom Selleck. I like Ted Danson. I just it, oh it yeah. Was, and it wasn't and it wasn't even Steve. These Gutenberg. are two men with great butts. They can wear oh, shorts yeah, all definitely. day. Definitely. Yeah. And it's not even. I didn't even. I don't know what's wrong. Anyway, you could really watch anything. Literally, scary. just anything. Watch Ghost. Yeah, yeah. Which people have asked us to do Ghost on the podcast, but it's a good movie. I, it's too good for our podcast. Yeah. Unless we need a palate cleanser, right? I mean, Ghost is is cheesy, but I believe the relationship between Patrick Swayze and Demi Moore. Yeah, and exactly. So what we'd be critiquing is like everything else. Yeah, which I mean, like we have definitely covered movies where we critique the surrounding plot, but um, there's so many bad rom coms. Yeah, why do we do ghosts? Like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. You know, I mean, maybe next October we'll do ghosts to avoid another high spirits. Maybe. Uh, so yeah, we we closed out October. With exhaustion. Next month, there is no theme because I don't... I mean, we could probably find a bunch of Thanksgiving rom-coms, but uh, I don't know. I mean, maybe uh, we know. could do one. Maybe we'll but, do one, but we're but not going to... We're not going to do one next dedicate week. Dedicate an entire month Next week, we're going to do whatever the hell we want. Yeah, because yes. then we have Christmas. Right. And we'll have to do some Christmas ones. Oh, yeah. So... So, yeah. So, love yourself um, and just don't watch it. Don't um, watch it. But if you do, you know where to find us to to process the trauma. Um, hydrate. Hydrate. Moisturize. Get a good coat. Um, watch good movies. Watch under... Figure out, like, what good comedy is. Watch What's Up, Doc. Yes. Um, follow us on Twitter at Bad Romance Pod. Uh, we're, you know, you know where we are. Google Play, Spotify, 
Um, everywhere. Over- everywhere. All yeah. over the place. Um, we love you. We hope you had a good Halloween, a good October. Yes, absolutely. If you don't see any pictures of me, I will be dressing up as Velma. I already have the costume. I love it. (laughs) I was going to dress up as Bugs Bunny and Drag, but we will see. Um, All right. All right. Bye. Bye. Yeah. Back it up. Back it up. Let's dump this truck. Oh.